What is up, everybody? This is Brayden from Flint Mastering, and I am the host and content curator of the Mixing Music Podcast exclusive episodes. And today we have for you an exclusive archive, which means you're going to hear an exclusive episode that DK and I recorded almost a year ago. You're going to have the chance to hear what our exclusive episodes are all about and how much fun and learning goes on between me and DK as we discuss technical tips and important techniques in relation to producing mixing and mastering. If you enjoy this episode and you'd like to be a part of the exclusive content we provide twice a week, you can do so by heading over to mixingmusicpodcast.com forward slash exclusive. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. And we couldn't do this podcast without you. I hope you enjoy this episode of the exclusive archives. And with that, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. And welcome back to another exclusive subscriber-only episode of the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host for today, Braden from Flint Mastering. And joining us back in the States, the man, the myth, the legend, took a month-long vacation and we've all missed him dearly, daddy DK. What's up, DK? How you doing, man? What up? It's good to be back. And let's get this clip rolling. This is a good clip. I like this one a lot. Um, I'm glad I listened to the episodes you did while I was away. Braden did a good job. I think we can all, all the listeners and I can agree to that. Uh, let's, let's roll. <laughs> cool. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that because I was really nervous and worried about it. <laughs> For but no let's... reason at all. That's, that's the most. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get right into this Warren Hewart clip. For those of you that don't know, Warren Hewart really big on YouTube. He's a really great mix engineer. He's been doing it for a long, long time. Uh, he has his, I think, website and course and his YouTube channel is called Produce Like a Pro. He does lots of teaching and mix tips and tutorials and all that good stuff. Warren is awesome and he has the best sideburns I've ever seen as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> his, his sideburns are absolutely massive. It's crazy. But uh, in this clip, Warren is going to talk to us about the importance of using your ears and not your eyes when EQing especially in today's uh, studio environment where graphic EQs are all the rage. So without further ado, Warren Hewart, roll the tape. So I was thinking this week about things that aren't talked about enough when it comes to mixing. Things that I feel are either ignored or only talked about ever so slightly. So these are the five things that I really feel are massively important that we should be talking about when it comes to mixing. Number one. And this one is huge for me. EQ with your ears, not with your eyes. If you're going to EQ something, dramatically or not, try to remember listening to it in solo, as much as I understand there is a tendency to listen to solo, is not gonna help you in the mix. So you really want to be thinking about how the instrument you're working with, or the vocal you're working with, fits inside of the whole song. I've talked about this a bunch of different times, but this is a big thing for me. One of the issues of having plugins that have frequency analyzers in them is the tendency to think just because a signal is peaking like this, that that needs to be EQ'd down. No! 
you have to use your ears first. If you're hearing something and you're hearing a spike that you don't like, that's painful or, or not musical or is, is crossing over into another instrument's path, then great, go to your spectrum analyzer that's built into your EQ and see if you can identify by listening. Some of them have a solo and you can find that frequency that is bothering you, that, oh, what is that, oh, flip around. Great, but don't do it just using your eyes. I see so many, hear so many people who take this EQ with the frequency analyzer in it with all these boosts and start just dipping them. So it's like looking at a city scene, there's all these peaks and troughs, peaks and troughs, peaks and troughs, like skyscrapers and small buildings and stuff. And, and it is absolutely crazy. Just because something looks like it's peaking on the spectrum analyzer in your plugin doesn't mean it's something you want to take out. Alrighty, my friends. So we got a super helpful tip and something that I think is really, really overlooked, just like Warren said, in that when we're using an EQ, we want to use our ears and not our eyes. And that sometimes a graphic equalizer causes problems with that. So DK, for you, do you notice this mistake in a lot of mixes that come to you or productions that come to you where it's like over-EQ'd and you can tell someone used their eyes? And if so, how do we avoid using our eyes and focusing on using our ears for EQing? Yeah, oftentimes. I do it myself still sometimes too. Um, this, is, this, is, this is actually really great advice. And I think this is more an issue of confidence where people don't have the confidence in their own ears uh, so they rely on meters or different things. And, and maybe it's not confidence. Maybe it's just people forget or just kind of get lazy and, and they stop paying attention. And then it worked out once, so they keep doing it and builds a habit. It's a bad habit. Um, yeah, there's going to be many times where... Uh, actually, I can't think of a single time where you should be using your eyes and eyes alone. Like that's... I don't know if that's possible. I'm trying to think of like situations... Nah, yeah, you, you definitely <laughs> want to be using your ears every single time. Um, there's going to be times where um, he says, don't EQ in solo. I, I really like that. Um, meaning the, the point of mixing is not to make individual tracks sound good. Mixing is the art of making all the tracks sound cohesive and good together. So to solo a track, to EQ it to perfection... Is, is literally the opposite objective of what a mixer should be doing. Now, there are times that you want to solo the instrument uh, briefly or for a while, it doesn't matter, to kind of dial in exactly what you're hearing, but you should be deciding what to do as well partially from a, uh, from a comprehensive standpoint. So you should be able to know what you want to do before you solo the thing, and then soloing it is more just like a Microsoft microscopic look. Um, and like, for example, he said, uh, you don't want to notch everything just because it's clipping in those frequencies. It's really interesting. This happens a lot, especially with like, uh, very like high pitched stuff like bells, like a bell will have a, like literally like a chime or something. We'll have one resonant frequency that's like crazy spikes. And there's not a lot of other resonant harmonics or frequencies because it's just that one note and that one, maybe a few others, but compared to a vocal is very limited in its frequency range. And then we just see, oh my gosh, that one note is just crazy. That one frequency is crazy. And we're like, oh, we got to look, we got to 
turn the volume down of that single note because it's clipping the no that's like literally the whole point of the bell is that one frequency <laughs> like it's um and that's i think is like one of the most common situations where people will unnecessarily notch frequencies when that there's like the only one that's the only one um, in my mind, I don't believe in rules of thumb, but I do find that if you catch yourself notching uh, tight notches more than three different locations in a single track, it's going to start to sound hollow. Um, that That's not always the case, but I find that that's typically a good rule of thumb to go by. If You should be questioning yourself if you're doing more than three cuts. And I've seen many people on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, um, that are promoting, look how many cuts I'm doing, how good I am. And the bro's got like 15 needle point size cuts in a vocal. It, there's no way that that can sound. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say that there's no way that it can sound good, but like from my personal experience, um, that's the fastest way to get a hollow vocal. That's the, I guess that's the one situation when, uh, maybe your eyes can tell you more than your ears if you're seeing some little TikTok clip and it's like 80 different EQ cuts. I've, I've seen that before. I watched uh, the mastering engineer Streaky react to somebody like, here's my master chain. And Streaky's like, okay, good, nice, nice. And then they get to the EQ and <laughs> Streaky's just like, whoa, what are we doing there? <laughs> it's no, like 80 it's, it's different true. points. So especially with you know the Fab Filter where you can have up to 24 points, sometimes people just start going crazy with it. Yeah, I feel like I've that's sometimes I do tend to like hyper focus into resonances. The thing the, the thing about um instruments, any sort of thing that makes sound, um there's no such thing as a pure single frequency sine wave in instruments. It's the overtones and the harmonics that make a French horn sound like a French horn and to and even our ears recognize that it's a French horn. Same thing with a violin, it's the harmonics and the resonances that help us recognize that it's a violin. So if we cut off all of those characteristic frequent harmonics and resonances, our brain will no longer be able to recognize it for what it is. It it can be so drastic that we no longer recognize what that source instrument is. Um, that's, that's how much those, that's how important a lot of these resonant frequencies and harmonics are. Um, and that's why when I say you cut more than three resonant frequencies, like if it's the fault of the microphone, the microphone has a really sharp 3K, then that's something that you might want to dip. But if it's the vocalist or whatever, I don't, there's so many different times and scenarios where you might just be smart with it. I, <laughs> Cause sometimes these resonances are very characteristic, like of that that singer or that instrument or whatever that source and other times they're just annoying and that's the job of the mix engineers to be able to determine uh what what it is is it annoying or is it characteristic and and i think that in the early stages of my career and i see this a lot as i do a lot of mixed feedback for others is people tend to cut too much and they hyper focus in all of the different resonances and the frequencies that they hear that they're resonating and they just go crazy with it and that's not what you're supposed to do um even when i go watch bob horn mix um i'll 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 straight up ask him like try not to be rude i'll be like hey I noticed that you didn't cut one of those resonant frequencies that I think I would have cut. Why didn't you leave it? And he, it's not, there's like one time he said, oh, I didn't hear it. And there, maybe, <laughs> but like nine out of 10 times he says, oh, I, yeah, I heard it. And I left it in on purpose because if I took it out, it wouldn't feel right. And mm -hmm. he was right every single time. So um, I think that it's, it's important to recognize when resonances and uh, natural harmonics are part of the character of that source. 
Absolutely. And I there's there's like two examples that I can think of as you're talking about this that I think one of them and actually I had to shorten this clip for time from Warren Hewitt, but he kind of goes into the whole idea of where it's like, oh, you should high pass every single track that's not like your your low end tracks. And there was a there was a post I saw the other day from I think Craig Bauer, the mix engineer, and he made a post about people saying like, oh, even if there's no information under 100 hertz, you should cut it. And, like, he he gives a rebuttal to that where he's like, no, if there's nothing there, there's nothing to cut. So why are we doing this extra EQ cut? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and it can potentially mess with phase. Yeah, exactly. Potentially. And, and the second example I have is there was one time somebody sent me a song for feedback, and I told them, hey, it sounds like your guitars have quite a resonance around 4K. You might want to tame it. And then when they tamed it, they cut out everything from like 1K to 6K, just this giant like dip. And I was like, I guarantee what they did is they soloed 4K and then they soloed 2K and then they soloed 1K and like kept hearing these little resonances. And they're like, well, just get rid of it all. And it's like, well, you just got rid of the entire guitar. So that doesn't so work. Again, yeah, and, and this is where uh, the seek and destroy method, like doing like, soloing frequencies or having a really tight notch like plus 15 dBs EQ and sweeping across and looking for frequencies that you want to cut that's not the right route I've said this many times before I'll say it again you should be able to hear and discern what frequencies you want to pull out before you even pull up that EQ you're like you may not be able to uh, say that's 2.5K that takes a lot of training to recognize exactly what frequency it is but you should be able to be like okay that whistling frequency and like maybe be able to whistle it or something like that i want to cut that out and then you seek and destroy to find that frequency that you've already predetermined you don't like so it, people are looking at it the wrong way and and i've have done crazy eq moves uh all the time i i, I think that's okay but it, i do them intentionally um and there's also going to be times where i that I saw, I saw visually resonant frequencies in like 40 hertz of an instrument that didn't need that stuff, and I cut out the high pass. Even though I couldn't hear it, I, I high passed it, and all of a sudden the kick and the bass relationship just got way better from subsonics that I could not necessarily hear, but it was somehow affecting the transducers of my speakers. So in there, those are both scenarios that I've done the opposite and they've worked. But you're right; you should uh, you should do them thoughtfully. Is the point not because someone told you? Absolutely. Make sure anytime you do anything, we just stress it over and over and over on the show. Do it thoughtfully. Do it intentionally, and that's going to make your mixes better. And ultimately, it's going to make your more, your clients more happy, which in the end makes you more money, baby. Kaching. <laughs> yeah, this is something that we were literally talking about, like Lou and I were talking about in the episodes that we recorded today. I don't know when it's going to come out for the main content. Um, we talked about how if you're able to discern which mixes you like and which so like songs on Spotify or Tidal or whatever you're using, you're able to discern that you like the tones of this song and you don't like the tones of this song, then you have the potential to be a good mixer. And, and that's all it is. Like, if you can decipher or, de or uh, yeah, determine which ones you like and you don't like, then you, you have the intuitive skill to be able to determine if you like the sound of this EQ or not. If you like the sound of this compressor on or off. They may be more subtle in differences, 
but you know what you like and people keep forgetting about that. The tools are only there to help you get to where you want and at the beginning stages, you're going to have to learn how the tools change the sound. Because if, if we can just mold the song with our hands and do exactly what we were envisioning and we didn't need to use the same tools, the tools were, we already knew what the tools were, then mixing would be so much easier because we already know what we like. It's because we have to get the song to where we like having using tools that we're unfamiliar with that makes it so hard. So you have to learn these tools, but again, you already instinctively know what you like. So remember that. Be confident with your own ear. If you're young and you've just started mixing, you literally physically have better hearing than I do (laughs) or like most professionals do. Um, You just don't have the skills of understanding how the tools work and affect the sound. Um, The general, uh, um, uh, the physics of audio and sound and and computer and and, and digital audio, uh, as as well as just experience. That's all it is. You, You have the ability to like and not like sounds. Use that ability. That's all you have in the beginning stages. 100%. And that goes back to kind of what I talked about on our exclusive episode with Todd is to learn how your tools affect the sound, put them all on a vocal, set them all to the same settings, and then see how each one reacts differently. So it's like DK just said, it's all about experimenting and all about trying it out. That's why why I'm a big fan of like when people, like when I say things like, hey, I do not like this C800G, Sony C800G into 1073, Neve 1073 into CL1B combo. I don't like that. What, what you should take away from that is, man, I shouldn't use that signal chain, but you should take away, why doesn't DK like that? And you should try that signal chain on your own, but be open-minded enough to make your own decision. Um, do not be sheep. <laughs> do not be <laughs> fools. Use the IQ that you were given and make your own opinions. It's your job and it's your duty. And if this is your passion, then you got to. Absolutely. And, and if, if your opinion is, damn, this warm audio stuff sounds great and everybody else is like hating on warm audio, then your opinion is valid. <laughs> exactly. It's okay. And that, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, don't, don't base your opinions off of what other people are saying. Make them yourself. And, that, and that's, what's, that's what makes, excuse me, that's what makes mixing music fun. And what makes every person unique, right? That's why Andrew Sheps, people go to him and people also go to Chris Lord Algy and people also go to Michael Brower and people went to Al Schmidt. And like, it's because everyone has the things they like and the tools they like and their styles. And that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it unique and individual. So like DK said, don't be, don't be a sheep. Uh, it's really easy to do. Honestly, I did it for a long time. I used to think, well, if I have the plugin that this guy has, I'll sound like him. If I do this the way he does it, it'll sound the same. And like, I've even, you know, sometimes I'll even jump on calls with clients and show them exactly how I mastered their song. And people will say to me like, why aren't you worried about them not coming back to you for work now that they know what you do? And it's like, no, because even though they know what I'm doing, they don't know like, how to do it themselves. It's exactly. a different thought process. Like exactly. I know why I did this and I can explain that to them, but the next time their master comes up, if they repeat the same steps I did just because I did it, they're not going to get the same result. So Amen. anyway, Amen. we'll we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. That, be unique, true. be individual, yeah. be confident, man, and do your best. And uh, go to links.dkmixes.com, slide the plug in there. That was an easy transition. <laughs> youtube.com forward slash dk mixes twitch.dk 
Wait, no. Just, just go to dkmixes.com forward slash videos. Okay. Oh, a and new link. So now, now, yeah, new one, dkmixes.com forward slash videos, and it'll take you to my Twitch or YouTube account. There you go. Yeah, or just so join Discord. I, I ping everybody in Discord all the time when I, whenever I go live or whenever I make new videos. I do have a lot of uh, YouTube exclusive content, so it's like only YouTube. So you do want to subscribe if you haven't already. Um, like the one of the most recent ones that I did before I left was how to record vocals really fast in Pro Tools. Um, very good informational video of practical vocal recording and production. So definitely check that out and subscribe to DK Mixes on YouTube. Definitely. And as always, thank you for subscribing. Really sincerely, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We appreciate it, and we love you, and we couldn't do this without you. So without further ado, we'll end this episode, and uh, DK, sign us off. Happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. Stay saucy.